You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Available on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Alexa, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at NOLA, Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Thursday. Yeah, we got more podcasts this week because in yesterday's podcast, we talked a lot about Jimmy Butler in that situation. We'll talk some more on that today because there's some news. We talked about a couple of other things kind of going on around the league as a whole. I completely forgot in my kind of excitedness to talk about all of that, to talk about Pelicans-related uh, roster moves. That's what the word I'm thinking of phrase, the obvious things here. And we've got now two. We had Jarrett Jack announced the other day, and now we've got some movement on the Pelicans current roster, a guy being waived. I'll let you know who will talk about the implications of both Jarrett Jack and the new guy being waived. And then we'll touch on Jimmy Butler and all of that as well, because I think it's still a very interesting topic uh, as we head towards training camp. So a lot to cover in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So the news the other day that I completely forgot to mention and talk about in yesterday's podcast was that the Pelicans are signing Jarrett Jack to an unguaranteed, basically just a training camp deal. And at the time, he was the 20th roster spot taken up for the Pelicans heading into training camp. And of course, you're allowed 20. If Jarrett Jack's name is familiar to you, it's going to be because this is his third stint here in New Orleans. Back in 2010 through 2012, he played with the then Hornets, including a handful of starts. Uh, in the 2011-2012 season. He then latched on to the team two years ago for just two games before getting injured. Those two games that he played for the team before getting injured, 16 and a half minutes per game and three points per game, along with two and a half assists. This is a move that's not unexpected, but it might be unsexy, but it makes sense. And yes, everyone I think was hoping for Tyrone Wallace would be the guy that the Pelicans side to add to their guard depth, but that didn't happen once the Clippers matched. They, the Pelicans still want another backup veteran-type guard, a guy who's got some NBA minutes under him, even if it is only one season, to add to this training camp roster to maybe go into next season with someone to fill maybe that kind of Jameer Nelson, Tony Allen, Rajon Rondo role, the kind of veteran leadership and experience that they did lose with none of those guys on the team anymore. So I don't think this is a surprise. I, th again, think this shows that maybe they're not sold on Frank Jackson and they don't really have a plan for Frank, or they don't really plan to have Frank Jackson play a ton of minutes. Not that they're not sold, just that he needs some time. I, I've thought that all along. The original plan was to bring him along slowly like this team did check Diallo, where he spends the first year or two in the G League before really in the third season coming up to the parent club, the Pelicans here. And just because he's working out with Drew and looking good in all those videos doesn't mean that really has changed. You know, Diallo is working out too. So I think this just shows they're, they're not 100% sold on him just yet. There's no guarantee that Jarrett Jack makes it into the regular season or even lasts very long in preseason and training camp with this Pelicans team. I think this is simply they wanted to add a guard. This spot was kind of reserved for a guard. You know, Tyrone Wallace was off the board. They've kicked the tires on a number of other guys and none of them really kind of stood out to them. So they brought in a guy that they're familiar with, a guy that I guess wanted to come back. And it's 
interesting because after those two games when he was waived, he seemed to be very upset and tweeted things out, almost like kind of like underhanded tweets at the Pelicans staff. I don't know. I guess, you know, maybe the need of a job is more important than whatever bad feelings you might have. Last season, he played with the New York Knicks. He started 56 games out of 62 games played for them, by the way, in 2017-2018. 25 minutes per game, he averaged 7.5 points and 5.6 assists. Can clearly still play, I guess, if you really look at it. And he's been in the league for, you know, a number of years now. He's 34. He'll be 35 during the regular season. So, you know, it's not an amazing player. But last year, for a backup, a guy who playing, who's playing a handful of minutes, 7.5 points, 5.6 assists, just kind of keeping the offense going, I think... That's fine. He's not a very good three-point shooter. He shot under 30% last year with the Knicks. Um, Taking, let me see here, just one and a half attempts per game, basically. He's taking under uh, eight field goal attempts per game last season. So I think it's kind of interesting. Again, it's just a veteran kind of steady guy that can step into this locker room, at least maybe help out during training camp, during preseason, and maybe to the start of the year. Because certainly he's not kind of the answer to anything here. But again, this role is playing max, probably 15 minutes per game, maybe on the high end, 20 minutes per game. You could do worse. You know, maybe you'd like to see a guy with some upside, but players don't really have, uh, you know, can't show off a ton of that upside if they're not getting a lot of minutes. And this position, you know, an end of the bench roster spot really isn't going to have many minutes and many opportunities to kind of show how good you are. You just need someone steady who can kind of keep the ship righted during that time. The Pelicans think Jarrett Jack's that guy, you know, we'll see whether he makes the actual team and if he is that guy or not. But ultimately, this is who they decided to fill that kind of backup guard spot and we'll see how it goes. So before we get to other roster news with this Pelicans team as we head into training camp, and this time losing a guy from the roster, keeping the number at 19, it is football season and football season's underway. And the Saints kind of rebounded after that really disappointing loss to the Buccaneers in week one by beating the Browns with some luck and a guy and a kicker losing his job, I guess, in week two. And just so you guys know, there's a Locked On Saints podcast breaking every single thing you need to know down for you. So make sure you listen to that podcast Monday through Friday, the only podcast coming to you guys like that five days a week. Locked On Saints. Make sure you listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. So in other roster news, the Pelicans cut and waved a guy, one one word here, waved, uh, and that is Emeka Okafor. Apparently there can only be one Okafor on this roster and they still have Jalil Okafor, but Emeka Okafor waved, which, you know, honestly makes a lot of sense. He was due about 100000 coming up very soon, so they waved him so they don't have to pay it, which makes a little bit of sense. I'm not worried about anything else with that. They just wanted to save some money here, and this was a guy who was not likely to make the opening night roster. You know, he filled in very admirably uh, last season in the 26 games he played with the Pelicans after not playing for four seasons before that, by the way. Started 19 games as well, though only played 13.6 minutes per game and didn't really see any minutes in the postseason at all. But averaged 4.4 points per game and 4.6 rebounds, and those back taps were back. The thing he liked to do made it easy rebounding for him. So nice to see him kind of get a moment back in the NBA to kind of wrap up his career, potentially here, I guess, in New Orleans. But 
Frankly, he was never going to make this current roster. He's a little too slow. He's not going to play in that up-tempo system. And the Pelicans are going to run whenever they can and as much as they can. We know what they want to do, and he just simply doesn't fit that. You know, certainly being 35 and being that impre- playing that well is very impressive. But it's just kind of, I don't know, one of those things. He's al- It's almost his uh, birthday coming up in about a week now that I look at it. And he's going to be 36 during the season. I don't know if his body would really be able to handle all of that, the running up and down in the court and everything with that, though he's shown he's in remarkable shape. But again, he's got a more limited skill set, but he impressed in the time that he was here. I will admit, I think everyone here was pretty pleased with what he provided this team. Now, what does this mean about the other Okafor? Because that's what everyone's immediately turned to with this. I'll be honest. I don't know. I'm not actually completely sold yet. I'm not going to go out and say it's almost a certainty that uh, Jalil Okafor is going to make this opening night roster for the Pelicans. I think they could just see they didn't want to pay Okafor the $100,000 and waved him here when he was a long shot at best to make it. You know, the Pelicans still have Davis, Randall, Miritich um, as your three guys that are going to take the majority of the 48 front court minutes per game or 96, whatever it comes to, uh, per game. You know, it, it's 96. It's those guys. They're each going to get 30 minutes or so per game, if not more, if you're AD. There's not many front court minutes to go around then. You're going to have a guy that's going to need to take five to six at the most 10. You know, could that be Diallo that plays those minutes? Is it potentially Alexi Ajinsa? He's still under contract. The Pelicans are paying him. You know, they might not want, they're, they're certainly going to try and trade him. But if you just need someone to give you four minutes, five minutes, six minutes per game, they might roll with Ajinsa and Diallo instead of signing Jalil Okafor for the season and paying yet another big when one of those two in terms of Diallo or Ajinsa is already going to be frozen out. Now two of the three would be frozen out potentially if you sign Okafor to a season-long deal. I think they want to see him in training camp, see if he really does impress, if he does play well, and then maybe he'll have a chance to earn that. But certainly I think it'll be a battle to see who gets minutes here in that final big spot. Again, these guys are all heavy minutes players in Davis, in Miritich, in um, Julius Randle, and they're all going to have the benefit of working in training camp and all of that together. So I think that kind of creates a problem. was asked on the radio over in Lafayette on Ben Love, 103.7, the game out there, um, what I thought of Miritich going into the season. And I said, I'm kind of excited for him. This is a guy who struggled at times coming over from the Bulls before really turning it on after shaving the beard and all the jokes that are made. But that was probably when he got settled. He moved his family down here. He was finding schools for his kids, things like that finding a place to live. That can be rough on you, and I think that added to some of the shooting woes he was having during that time. And I think now that he's settled, now he's going to go through training camp and understand his role more is a big thing. He never really played above 25 to 30 minutes per game, and all of a sudden he's playing significantly more minutes than that. Six more minutes can be a big deal. And now he'll be able to be conditioned for it. He'll be in shape and expecting it. And it won't be a little bit different uh, than what he had been used to doing before with the Chicago Bulls. I think that bodes really well for him. And I'm excited for his season, um, almost more so than anyone else on this team. So that means there's fewer minutes, though, if he's going to take an increased minute role for these other bigs. Does that mean Jalil Okafor is making it? I'm not. So sure, not saying he won't. I think maybe it's odds on that he will, but I think we still kind of need to wait and see how some of this training camp stuff plays out and maybe what the Pelicans are looking to do roster move-wise. They're far enough away from the luxury tax that they can pay him, but just because you can pay him doesn't mean you're going to pay him, though you could use his salary kind of to fill trades or things like that, but I'm not sure if that's what they're thinking about.
So don't forget the Locked On Podcast Network is going back to school. We are expanding to college shows. We've got Locked On Wolverines, Locked On Florida State Seminoles, the Oregon Ducks, the Alabama Crimson Tide, the Kentucky Wildcats. That's going to be great during basketball season. The Arkansas Razorback, Tennessee Volunteers. You heard me, Scott Kushner. The Tennessee Volunteers have their own podcast. And, of course, the upset-minded BYU Cougars. Find your favorite college show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. So the Jimmy Butler situation, it's official after sitting down to talk with Tom Thibodeau out in L.A. after pulling the Michael Scott negotiation tactic. He wants a trade and wants out. And this, I, I think, kind of, we all maybe saw this coming. Again, as I said on the podcast yesterday, where there's smoke, there's fire. And there was a whole lot of smoke coming from that Minnesota camp. In the immediate term, if you're looking at this from a Pelicans perspective, cool. If they trade him, they're not going to get as good of a return and he's a very, very good player. And, you know, I think it hurts this Minnesota team. They likely fall out of the playoff race. They were in the playoffs last year. Great if you're a Pelicans fan. One less team to worry about. Now, it's interesting because he says he wants to go to the Clippers, the Knicks, or Brooklyn. What he's trying to do is get his max contract, a five-year max deal extension that that team could offer him, and also have max salary cap space for another free agent there. I made the joke on Twitter that if he goes to the Knicks, who potentially can carve out two max spots, and then Kyrie Irving joins him, all of a sudden you have Porzingis, Jimmy Butler, and Kyrie Irving, who's been rumored to go to the Knicks. And that's a pretty damn good team. Durant apparently has some interest in them too, we've heard. Rumored, of course. You might get Durant, Jimmy Butler, and Porzingis, or maybe they find a way to get all four of those guys, along with Kevin Knox, who looked awesome in summer league, just more athletic in the dunking. That's always fun. Um, it's just physical attributes, just a freak. That could be a really fun team. The Clippers can also do the same thing. They have room for two max spots. He could go there. They could then try and attract someone else, and maybe that kind of helps them get over the hump. And then maybe that faults them back into the Western Conference playoff race should they trade for Jimmy Butler. So it's going to be kind of interesting. Supposedly, the rumored destination is the Clippers. We all want Jimmy Butler to go east. That would be a great thing, but keep an eye on what the Clippers try and do because they can sign on that max deal and then get someone else in there, and that makes them a potential foe in the Western Conference for the next couple of seasons. As for the Pelicans, they likely don't have any package they could really put together that would entice Minnesota over maybe some other counterparts that um, could make a deal and you know bring Jimmy Butler here. I would do it. I love the idea of Drew, Anthony Davis, and Jimmy Butler. Butler's good. He's on the wing, too. That's an important spot for this team. And I'm fine committing money to him because I think he's an awesome, awesome player. Plays defense, too, when he wants to, when he tries really hard. So I think that's a fit here. And it just takes a little bit of the load off of Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis. And I think that's a good thing. We're still going into this year uncertain if Drew Holiday can really kind of keep up the level of play that he has shown. Are we getting postseason Drew, regular towards the end of the regular season Drew, beginning of the re regular season Drew, or just middle of the middle of the season Drew, which was good but not amazing. So I think that's kind of a big thing that we've got to keep an eye out here for this, that it would take some of the load off of him that should he not be able to kind of keep up that level of play, you've got some insurance against that. And also, you've got some insurance against injuries. Should anything happen, you still have two stars as opposed to just one. So I would take the chance on it. But look, 
Pels don't have any realistic shot at really trading for him. They're not going to trade Carl Anthony Towns, though Towns has all the leverage on this team right now. And certainly, as we talked about yesterday, Andrew Wiggins, no go for me with that kind of money that he's got on his deal right now for the level of production that he gives. But it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. It sounds like Tibbs doesn't want to trade Jimmy Butler, so they might kind of be in, you know, button heads here if they aren't already. But something deteriorated there quickly through a lot of things, and I'm sure Towns has something to do with it too, along with just some of the other moves that maybe they've made and the Bulls reunion was just not appealing to Jimmy Butler. So it'll be interesting to follow this situation as everything unfolds throughout this, the rest of the offseason leading up to just less than a month away, the regular NBA season. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Lots of roster moves. And of course, on tomorrow's podcast, we will keep everything rolling as we head towards training camp on Tuesday, media day on Monday. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow.